into the A-List podcast. I'm Kwani A. Lunis with A. Sherrod Blakely. As lively as I am right now, we did just this week get some bad news about a certain Boston Celtics. Sherrod, what's your reaction to Jalen Brown being out for the rest of the season? Bummer on every sense of the word. Um, To me, there are going to be two camps that are going to really stand out as far as reaction to this. You're going to have the camp that believes that this gives the Celtics an easy, plausible escape as to justifying why this season was such a downer. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have another camp that is going to believe that, well, you know what, this is a blessing because now we're not going to have to go through the torture of this team getting into the playoffs and just getting smashed at full strength. Because then when that happens, then you got to ask yourself, if this is them at their best and they're getting beat 4-1 by Milwaukee or whoever it is, what's the, what are they going to do in the summer? So this buys, I think, the Celtics some time to reassess what they have to work with exactly and not necessarily be moved to make significant changes. I don't think they need to make like take a wrecking ball to this team, but they yeah. got to do some things differently. And, and whether it's adding a defensive minded assistant coach to the mix, whether it is getting better veteran players on, on cheap money uh, because Tristan Thompson hasn't really worked out. Jeff Teague ain't even in a damn team anymore. So they need to figure out a way to, to do frankly, just put better, more seasoned players around their core guys, you know, that like they could use, you know, a veteran, like, you know, like, a, I don't know, guy that played in the league a few years back, guy like I don't know, Jerry Stackhouse, for example, they could use a Jerry Stackhouse type player. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And like he, after hearing that he's going to have surgery this week and also looking back at the season that he's had, it, it's been a career best for him this past season, averaging 24.7 this year a game so it's just really frustrating to see one of their best players be out and to your point it does give the Celtics I think excuse for eventually well for whatever performance we end up seeing in the playoffs but again there's not too much hope especially seeing that we already haven't had hope for them over the last few weeks yeah and they haven't given us reason to have hope I mean it's every opportunity they've had to really make a um, have get a big win that kind of changes the narrative, if you will, for this team. They find found a way to blow it, blow that. I mean, Tatum goes for sixty, and they needed overtime to win yes. that game. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they legitimately had a shot at not winning that game, and it was a great comeback, and it it showed just how good this team can be when they lock in. But it's also a reminder of this is who they are. Mm-hmm. They are a team that I mean they they've been down by double digits I think two out of, of every three games they played and that's just not winning basketball mm-hmm. it's just not and don't get me started on that Heat matchup that we saw a few days ago and now we're looking forward to the part two which determines the seeding for the teams but it's just like how do you come back and then throw away a lead like that especially when people I, I count them out after giving up seventy nine in the first half. I thought the game was over. Yeah, well, they, they didn't show up at all in the first half. And and you can point to anyone and everyone on that roster. You can also mm-hmm. point to Brad. And and, and that's, an, that's another guy that, you know, you know he's, yeah. he's catching some heat. This is really the first season of, you know, before you might have a disgruntled fan here or there. But this mm-hmm. is like full-blown, we need to talk, right. coach, is yeah. how fans are feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And – you know, I'm, I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on the whole Brad Stevens blame game that a lot of people are, are playing now? 
Yeah, I feel like we've been having this conversation the entire season, and it gets tricky because at the end of the day, you can't sit here and continue to blame one person for the flaws of an entire team. On the floor, we have five players. We see five players on the floor. So you can't necessarily pinpoint one person when in reality it's supposed to be a team effort. And I think the same goes when you look at the sidelines and you see that there are multiple coaches that are on the side and they're all helping make the decisions ultimately. But at the end of the day, they're not the ones that are playing either. So it gets tricky when you look at it. I don't, I definitely think that there is work that Brad needs to do, whether it's figuring out the right matchups or figuring out a way to motivate his team. He mentioned after their last loss that for some reason they just weren't, they didn't seem motivated and that the team is better when they do come out stronger. And for me as a viewer, it makes you wonder what does he need to do to motivate his team so that they can have these consistent runs. But obviously he's mentioned that it just hasn't been working out that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I look at this team now and just the way they play, clearly there is a lack of just tangible energy, multiple effort type vibe about them. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about the Celtics, you look at their team and that's pretty much who they are, but there has been an exception to that rule. And his name is Aaron Neesmith. Uh, He has been a godsend to this team really the last couple of weeks, the way he has played, not just the fact that he's scoring the ball more, which is nice, but it's the intangibles that he has been able to bring to the table that I I think has really been exceptional and has really given the Celtics hope, maybe not so much for this season and the postseason, but certainly going forward. And we're going to get an opportunity to talk to someone who is very familiar with Aaron Neesmith, someone whose name I dropped a few minutes ago by the name of Jerry Stackhouse, his head coach at Vanderbilt. Uh, We're going to jump right in and just catch up with Jerry Stackhouse, the former two-time All-Star. Jerry Stackhouse, coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores. How you doing, brother? How you been? I'm doing great, Sherrod, man. Good to see you. Good to hear from you, brother. You too, man. It's, it's been it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll reminisce a little bit later, but we're going to jump right into what this is about. And obviously, we want to talk about one of your former players, Aaron Neesmith. And I got to be honest, Jerry, last couple of weeks, your boy's been balling out. Your boy's been killing it. <laughs> How does that happen? How does he go from, I mean, and you know him better than, than we do, but the way that he's killing a game now is with effort. We, we were expecting the three ball. We're expecting shot making, but it's his effort. How much of that did you see in your time with him at Vanderbilt that could give, give us some sense that this might be what we're in store for? Man, I just, I mean, he has a sense of toughness about him. And I mean, I knew that eventually he was, was going to find his stride. Um, he just, he works too hard. I mean, he shoots the basketball too well. Um, and, you know, he has a, just a uncanny knack of just, you know, making sure the ball goes in. It doesn't matter whether he's off balance a little bit or, um, you know, or anything, you know, even in the post, he can score from all three levels. And I think you're going to continue to see the growth of his game as he gets more comfortable and he gets more opportunity. I mean, he's, it was tough. You know, he was coming to a situation where it would establish all-stars on that team. So I knew it could, could take him some time to really find his footing. But, you know, you're starting to see that now. and We're, we're super excited to see it. And despite the fact that the Celtics ended up losing that game to the Heat, that's one of the games where we really saw him go off every time Brad Stevens was able to put him in the game. How do you prepare your players for getting into the league and knowing that a lot of times they'll just have to be ready when they're called up, but they won't necessarily get the starting minutes that they probably want? 
I mean, it was a little different for Aaron. I mean, I think for 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 us, he he was our best player, no, you know, hands down. You know, he was our best player. We knew that he was the guy that uh, we were going to run a ton of our sets for and and have him at the end of play. So for for my message to him was make sure you make your teammates better. You know, and, and share the share the ball. Make sure when those opportunities and you got two on you, you got to make the right play to them. You know, and now you got to earn that trust because that's what you're going to see at the next level. You're going to be sharing the floor with other good players. And that's how you endear yourself to, uh, you know, more established players when you come in and you're, you know, making those extra passes and doing all the dirty work. And, and that's who he is, man. That kid is, uh, you know, he, you know, I, I would, I, I would, I would hate to fight him. And you know that that that's saying a lot. You know, saying I just think you got that type of uh, that type of toughness and that type of quit. No, no quit in him. Man, folks, y'all have no idea what that means. Uh, if there's anyone that you are not trying to get that smoke from in the NBA the last 25 years, it is Jerry Stackhouse, my fellow Scorpio. You no doubt. But the, the one thing, Jerry, I wanted to talk to you about was, um, you know, having been in the league, having been a coach at the professional ranks, you know all about the importance of getting the right combinations together and the right players on the floor at the right time. How much of a challenge is that for a young guy when you're used to, regardless of what the combinations are, you're going to be out there. And now all of a sudden it's not there. You're, you're playing here, you're playing there. As a coach, how challenging is it to, to find ways to get young guys into the mix that you know can help you, but they have to be in the right situation to help you? Well, I mean, I think with all things even, you know, there's a, there's a hierarchy, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. try to go with the more experienced, um, you know, more veteran players if all things are equal. But if your younger players are coming out and they're starting to, you know, take a step, you know, forward, then, you know, I kind of had that when I was at North Carolina. You know, Coach Smith, he was always about that hierarchy and giving it to the seniors <laughs> and making sure that they had an opportunity to, um, to showcase their last season. But when it came down to the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, when it was win or go home, you know, things changed a little bit. So I think, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's about putting uh, putting the best group out there that's going to help you win games because we're in the business of, of winning games. And I think that's, um, you know, ultimately that that wins out. You can start off with a hierarchy, but at, at the end of the day, it's going to come to yeah, come down to who's producing. Yeah, I, I just remember you and she completely threw that whole hierarchy to the wind. Uh, it was just <laughs> like, I know they're young, but but damn. 6'11 yeah. kid from Philly is kind of kind of playing above the rim. Young yeah. fella from, from NC right around the block. He kind of put he jamming on folks left and right. Maybe they need to play a little bit more. A little bit more, a little bit more. And I think, you know, coach was, you know, eventually it, it came around, you know, and we got our opportunity. But it's about being patient and uh, respecting our, you know, our, our seniors, respecting our, our older guys. And I think that's the same message that we try to, you know, give to our guys, man. Just just keep working. Things can change in the game of basketball. It's not always, you know, high starts. That necessarily means how it's going to end. And I think that's that's the key to starting and finishing games, too. It doesn't matter necessarily who started. I mean, toward the end of my career, I became more like a six-man, but I still finished the games. So it's about it's more about who finishes as opposed to who starts. Absolutely. And, and as you pointed out, Jerry, it, it really does, at the end of the day, come down to winning. And here on the A-List podcast, we are about winning because we got the partner that is about winning, and that's betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action on betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info, real-time updated odds. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, all the stats, all the data, anything and 
everything before the pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Take advantage of our 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Don't forget that promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, I had to close my ears on that one. You know, he was like, <laughs> I get a little excited. You didn't expect uh, that one either. It always sneaks up on our guests. It's so, all good. It always, it, it always throws everyone off. But man, I, I get excited because I'm all, I'm all about good teammates, Jerry. As you no know, doubt, having man. good teammates is the best thing you, you can have. Absolutely. Um, and when I think about really good teams, and you could you, you feel you're gonna feel me on this one. I think about your boy Mateen Cleaves. Um, mm. when on that one beautiful night in Chicago, where mm. a certain young fella dropped 57 on the Bulls, hammered him with 57. Now, Jason Tatum recently set tied the Celtics record for most points scored in a single game with 60. And you did the same thing when you were in Detroit at the United Center. In fact, I think the 57 you dropped on them is still the that most points scored in that building. Yeah. And we're talking yeah. about 20 years that yeah. you've been you, you had that top spot. In MJ's you know building. What it's, right. What's up? <laughs> In MJ's building. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Another another one of your brother, your brother Tar Heels. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Now you know what it's like to have that type of game, and then the after effects of that. You you got to still you got more games to play. What is that like coming back from just a historical game like that? Are, do, do God did they come at you a little differently, guys, defensively? I mean, what, did you sense anything was different about the way folks came at you after that game? No, I mean, I just think it was like, I mean, you, you was talking about great teammates, man. If you uh, watched the kind of the celebration after that game, after I had 57, um, you would think that Mateen Cleese, you know, scored 57. He was on right. he, he was on my back. I seemed like I was supposed right. to be on his back, but I was carrying him into the locker room. But no, nah, that's just the, when you got those type of guys pulling for you, man, it was, it was a special night for me. But I think, you know, I, I was drawing the, you know, a lot of attention every night. And it was just one of those nights that, you know, I had it all going from, you know, my post-ups to, you know, getting in transition to three ball going. And it was just a special night. And my guy started finding me. It was like, you know, team, he was going to the basket, probably had a layup. He was looking behind and yeah. trying, to, trying to find me. And it's, you know, and that just shows you, um, you know, when you when you care about your teammates and you, you protect them and you take care of them and you have an opportunity to do something special that they wanted to to help be a part of that. And that's not always the case because, you know, you know, in this business, is you know, young guys really trying to, you know, uh, come into the league and establish themselves. It's hard to, you know, be selfless sometimes because, you know, it's, it's you know, there's 60 new guys coming into the NBA every year. Right. And mm-hmm. so that means it's not like it's his 510 players. It's not going to be. 570 next year still gonna be 510 so that means 60 had to leave so it's a you know it's you know it's it's pretty pretty tough out there so you got to come out there with that mindset of trying to um establish yourself and i think once i did that those first few years um in in philly and and early on in detroit then i was able to just relax and be myself and and, um, and i think that you know all, all young players go through that how much of a challenge was you was it for you jerry to to establish yourself as a as a leader at a young age because i mean people i don't think people realize that you were getting buckets from the jump uh i think you averaged almost 20 points as a rookie you played 30 plus minutes i think seven of your first eight seasons and even when you'd stop playing 30 minutes you were playing like 28 so it wasn't like you just completely fell off the map how do you 
as a young guy in this league, established yourself as a leader? Because that's something that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, they're still kind of working through that process here in Boston. Yeah, I think it takes a little bit of time. And then I think it's important to have, um, you know, veterans around. And I didn't have that in, in, in Philadelphia in my early years. And I think that if there was one thing that I could say that I could go back and do different, I would like to have those guys that, you know, on my team that had won and had some success. I kind of had to figure things out on my own. It wasn't until I really got into Detroit and I got around the, you know, Joe Dumars and Rick Mahorns and Grant Longs and and those type of type of guys to where I, I really understood what it took to to actually win. Yeah, I was, you know, I was having good individual success, but when it came down to the you know, end of games and us having to execute and do things, we, you know, early on, <clears throat> we just didn't have a frame of reference to to get it done. But once you're around that and you, you know, got guys that um, that have won. Uh, it, it makes that trend, you know, make you make you understand that that process a, a little easier. And I and I got that in Detroit and I was able to, you know, as, as I went on to Washington and to, to Dallas, I was able to take, you know, those, you know, th- those same little intangibles and share those with other young players and, um, and, and you know, and be kind of an extension of the coach and, 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 and preaching all of the little things that were keys to winning. Mm. You ready for the Go ahead. What would you say, Connie? I said, you, I know we, you know, I'm always ready for games. I, but, but, but before we play games, I, I did want to point out one thing. Uh, when I because we were talking about the 57 point game that he had, there were three things mm-hmm. that I remember vividly from that game. The Mateen Cleaves looking for you when he had a layup. I remember mm-hmm. that well. And I remember Ron Artest, aka Meta World Peace. I've never seen this happen before in an NBA game ever. When you score like your 50th point, he was on his feet cheering for you. <laughs> I've never seen that in my life. Someone who just got a 50 piece put on them was cheering for you. Yeah. That, that kind of blew me away. It was kind of we, weird, man. He was asking, you know, he was doing the game, man. He was almost like he was asking questions about it. I mean, this is supposed to be like the, one of the premier defenders. I mean, I still get a, you know, a, a kick out of that, man. I just, but if anybody, right, meta. Ron, yes. Ron Artest, I mean, he, he would be that guy. <laughs> he would absolutely be that guy. And when you scored your, your last bucket, you did the reverse dunk. Now, Stack, I ain't going to lie. I didn't think he was going to make it. I was tired. I, I was yeah, tired. I thought you – I mean, you, you had already dropped a double nickel on him at that point. I'm thinking, like, what? He just laid that thing up. Yeah, I think it was, you know, the guys on the bench knew that the, the record was when we had come out of a timeout. And it was like, in our, and I think I had a couple of good – Easy, easy, probably some of the best looks I had all night that I missed, you know, when it was mm-hmm. uh, on the basket to break the record. And then I, I got on a breakaway and, um, you know, and I knew, you know, so I was like, I got this is going to be the one to break the record. I got to do something. I can't just go in here and lay this up and do it easy. No. I got I got to try to reverse it and do something. And then I and and I barely got it over the rim, but I did. But it was it was a great moment. I think I threw my hands up a little bit in the you know, excitement because I knew um, it was a pretty pretty memorable accomplishment yeah because when you're coming down on a break it looked like he was breathing a little bit heavier than you was breathing in the first no and second quarter no <laughs> doubt. Like, lay it up brother lay it up <laughs> man, they, that's why people they, people think it's easy man that you know it's, it's not easy when you you see these guys do it and you take it for granted man just guys that can go out and um it's not even easy getting up 20 shots in the nba game right you know, right. you know, more or less scoring, you know, 50 or 60 points. But it, it takes, a, you know, not not everybody on a team can even go out there and take can, can get 20 shots up, you know, to, to have the talent to be able to put yourself in the position to get 40 points, 
you know, you have to appreciate that. I think guys that play the game, um, you know, understand that. But I guess a lot of people that, who, who watch, who who just because they make it look so easy, they think it's all like, oh, what I can go out there and do that. But no, it's a, you know, it's it's a talent within itself just to go into a game and be able to to, to get up shots. Absolutely. Let's play some games, Kwani. What you got? We have one game before we let you get out of here. It's called okay. Fill in the Lane. And basically give you a question and you fill in the blank. So for our first one, in five years, Aaron Neesmith will be blank. In five years, Aaron Neesmith will be an all-star. Woo! Fire. Five years. Put it in the book. <laughs> Record, then, please. Right. And the second one, if you weren't coaching at Vanderbilt, what would you be doing? Um, I'd probably be coaching in the NBA or coaching the high school. I'll I'd, I'd be somewhere close to the game or um, probably trying to find me a 10-day somewhere. I'm, I'm going to be close to the game of basketball. Okay, so if you couldn't coach, <laughs> let's take coaching out because I feel like that was uh, kind of cute. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I like – man, I, I got so many different interests, but, I mean, I probably if, – if, if I did, if I had my dream, I would probably be some type of entertainer. I would be like a, a, an R and B artist or, or a Christian, okay. you know, a, a gospel gospel artist of some sort. That, that's probably All what right. I'd be trying to do. Now, now Stack is being low key, but Stack used to be humming a couple tunes in the locker room back I in the day. I, I, kept, I kept I kept a little something. See that? No, I know you're gonna put me on the spot. <laughs> I yeah, you play, know it. I, I, I got plenty of stuff on YouTube. <laughs> Okay. Yes, we're you gonna do. Go look for it. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna leave that alone. We're gonna leave it alone. But uh, no, he. The, the thing that I, I've always appreciated about Stack is just that he's a competitor. I mean, this this brother came ready to compete every day. And and when I look around the league now, it just it's not the same. I mean, guys want to win, but do they really want to win, or do they just not want to lose? Um, it's a different. Kind different of, man. You, it's, yeah, it's a little different. Kids are different now. I mean, they 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 really. They get along and, you know what I'm saying, they, they grow up, you know, and doing all the camps and everything and they, and they, and they form like other. a yeah, friendship and whatnot. I was, you know, I used to, uh, I used to get mad at Mateen and I, I'm like, man, we don't do no whole lot of hobnobbing before the game with these guys. You want to go out with them after the game? So he was like, man, it was funny. He was telling Michael Curry, uh, I think a year or so later, like, man. Stack had had us mad at everybody, you know. <laughs> but nah, it's just we got to got got to protect that that little competitive edge, man. And that's that's what I was about, just wanting to, to compete. Not a whole lot of trash talking. I never was big on all of that. I mean, I felt like if you you had a whole lot to say to me, then we you know we we can handle that some other way. Let's just play basketball and see 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 how that ends up. Yeah, and 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 more times than not, when when that point was made, it was like, all right, let, let's just play basketball. Let's just hoop. Let's, let's just hoop. We don't, we don't, we don't want that smoke. Let's just play basketball. No so, doubt. Jerry Stackhouse, head coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores. Thank you so much for your time, brother. This was great. I told Eric, I told I was going to make this happen. I was going to stay within that time. Yeah. You got bigger. You got big yeah, meetings down time. the road. Um, no doubt, man. Great kid, great family, man. I just had to say it, man. I think that a lot of who Aaron is is because of his parents, man. He had older parents. His dad made him do a lot of things. My dad, I mean, it was almost uh, deja vu hearing some of the things, cutting trees and doing landscaping work and all those little odd jobs he did as a kid. Those things made us, you know, realize that we don't want to do this the rest of our life. We better get this jumper right. And I think he he took that to heart, and and that's that's why he's he he who he is. But you know, spe special kid, sweet kid, but but tough competitor. Absolutely. And had an awesome coach at Vanderbilt, 
My man. Appreciate that, man. Two-time All-Star Jerry Stackhouse. Man, thank, thank you so you, much man. for coming on the A-List Podcast. And I'll be talking to you soon, my friend. No doubt. Jerry Stackhouse. My man. <laughs> Ooh, man, I, I forgot that he 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 uh he's got some stories. So we we had to we definitely had to limit our time with him because he might I wish he might be spilling too time. much tea. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I, he I mean he's he's just a really interesting interesting guy, and I'm glad Aaron Neesmith is here. Uh, great insight uh, on Neesmith, uh, particularly some of the things that he's done in his. Child. What are some of the things jumped out of you about what Jerry had to say about Aaron? I mean, in five years, he's going to be an NBA All Star, and like I mentioned in the last few games. We've seen him, the burst that we've been able to see him on the floor, I can definitely see that happening as long as he's able to get more playing time and really establish himself in the league. What about you? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I think that's going to happen. Uh, I think the fact that he plays hard every game is going to get him mm-hmm. on the floor more. And, and again, I, for him, I think it's just about opportunity and confidence. And he's yeah. getting the opportunity now, and I think we're seeing his confidence grow because of that, uh, he's a much better looking shooter now than we saw earlier in the season. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I think there's a there's less pressure on him when he's out there now. And then that's one of the to me, that's one of the yin yang dynamics of young players. It's like you want to give them more time if they play well, but they've got to get time in order to do just that. So he's figured out how to really increase his, you know, the trust that Brad Stevens has in him. And the, the, to me, the the byproduct of that is really good play from a guy that I think going forward is, is going to be part of that that circle of trust uh, that Brad has with, with, with his players. When we're talking about Tatum and Brown specifically. So enjoy our time with my good friend, Jerry Stackhouse, fellow Scorpio. Uh, didn't we? And there's so much stuff we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about the Tennessee yeah, wins that he introduced me to down in Durham. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even get a chance to thank you for that. He did. He, he was... That was my guy. He he uh, he's a good dude. He's a really what did, good. What did he do? He introduced you to something. There's some ten cent wings at a spot down oh. in North Carolina. Oh man! And I, look, man, I'm all about the food thing, as you he know. And and, and and I don't have to tell you that because y'all y'all when don't know how much money loves when food. We start doing the podcast in person. We got to start doing that at restaurants. You know what? <laughs> We're gonna talk about that offline because I got an idea. I got an okay. idea, and it. I think it's gonna work. <laughs> Okay. It's gonna be it's 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 gonna be food for thought and food for our bellies. Put it that way. Ooh, um, I like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. You know what else we talking about? What our talking good about? friends. Bet online, ag. There you go. If you haven't already, sign up with our promo code CLNS50. Make sure you follow them at betonline underscore ag and take advantage of that code and that bonus. Like I mentioned, when you use our code, you get sign up for your free account. You can get a bonus and then let us know if you win use the hashtag bet online and as always make sure you're subscribing to this podcast and sharing this episode with a friend share with a pistons fan a bulls fan or a celtics fan today that's your challenge <laughs> wow that's quite the challenge quite the it challenge <laughs> speaking of sharing corny what you got coming up that you're going to be sharing with the people yeah so on nbc10boston.com slash 10 questions you can check out my first API Heritage Month interview with Trom Wynn. She is a representative. See, there we go. Stop Asian hate. I love it. And she's a representative here at, out of Massachusetts. Actually, the first Vietnamese American woman to be elected into office in Massachusetts. So that was a really interesting conversation. Next up, we have a good friend of the A-List podcast, 
Abby Chin. She'll be talking to us about her career, her life as well. So stay tuned for that one as well. But the rest of the month is dedicated to AAPI Heritage Month. So definitely tap into that. What about you, Sean? Not- Nice, nice. Uh, I'll be uh, weekend wrapping up uh, some just what the Celtics are doing for uh, uh, Boston Sports Journal. For Bleacher Report, I kind of did a little bit something different this week. And actually, it it should be out today or or tomorrow at the latest. I think it might be out today. I looked and talked with some different executives about who I think is going to be rookie of the year, Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timber Pups. And for those who are not quite familiar with him, he's the guy that had the dunk of the year. You always uh, get Timberwolves, though, they're, 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 Because they're, they're pups. They're not I wolves. Did, I know, they're but the, it's hilarious. They've been the Timber Pups for way too long. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been calling that for years. Oh, uh, basically, ever since Kevin Garnett left, they became the Timber Pups, and they've mm-hmm. never quite grown up since then. Yeah. Um, so right. I've, I've got that coming for, for, uh, for Bleacher Report, and I mentioned what I have for Boston Sports Journal, and obviously, you know, this content here with, with Jerry Stackhouse, which was really good. Uh, he. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like you, Kwani. I kind of wish we had a little more time with him. We need an encore. Um, <laughs> but we may just have him back at some point down the road. Uh, before he's an all-star. It will not be within five years. It, it will yes. be before that. We will have <laughs> exactly. him back before that for sure. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's what we got coming. And um, this was a good one, Kwani. was a great I, episode. I good about this podcast. Yeah, I mean, this brings Celtics fan uh, fans a lot more to look forward to than the season itself. So hopefully, we've been keeping people entertained. <laughs> Absolutely, and Stackhouse is a truth teller now. That he 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 doesn't as most people who ever play with him know. He is not one to just give you compliments just because exactly. he yeah. like you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he will. I mean, he'll smash on teammates in a minute if, if they deserve. it. He he's about that straight no chase of truth. So I I I'm I'm confident in Neesmith and he's confident in, in Neesmith is gonna be an all-star. So right future well, ahead for the young kid. Absolutely, absolutely. Another great podcast in the books in the for Kwani book. Lunas, Kwani A Lunas, uh Rob Blakely, the A-list podcast, and we are out. Mm-hmm.